No statements made during the Growing Your Wealth radio show shall constitute tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own legal or tax professional on your individual information. Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services is licensed to offer investment advisory services through Madrona Financial Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through Madrona Insurance Services, LLC, a licensed insurance agency and an affiliate of Madrona Financial Services. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investors cannot invest directly into indexes. No investment strategy, including asset allocation or diversification, guarantees a profit or guarantees the avoidance of loss. Financial planning is an important tool that does not guarantee specific outcomes. When it comes to investing, retirement, and legacy planning, the decisions you make today can greatly impact the quality of life for both you and your loved ones tomorrow. What you need is straight, unbiased information on the most important issues you'll face when planning for your financial future. Good news. You found the Growing Your Wealth radio show with Brian Evans. Brian is the founder of Madrona Financial Services, and with his background as a CPA, he brings a unique perspective to the investment and financial planning world. He follows the philosophy rooted in his tax experience of, it's not what you make, but what you keep. And this focus on tax-smart investment strategies is all part of the fully integrated planning strategy known as the Madrona Bundle of Services. You'll hear Brian's thoughts on everything impacting your portfolio, from income to taxes, and from growth opportunities to long-term security. This is your source of comprehensive financial information. You'll soon understand why they call it the Madrona Difference. So get ready for an hour full of the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. And welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Thank you so much. Welcome to Growing Your Wealth, the radio show that gives you straight talk and honest answers about how to invest better, live better, retire better, and give better. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have some valuable information for you during the coming hour that could change your financial life for the better. My name is Jeff Shade, and as always, I'm just here to ask the questions, but the words of wisdom and solid advice come from the expert, Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. How are you doing today, Brian? Doing great. Thanks, Jeff. Glad to hear it as always. I hope our listeners are doing very well today too. Well, Brian, we're enduring the coronavirus crisis here with staying at home and keeping tabs on what's happening out there in the world through electronic media. And that includes the financial world. What are you hearing from your clients? You know, it's been a very interesting time. I don't think I've ever been so busy, for one thing, as a financial advisor. And I've never had so much uh, new knowledge about technology. I, mean, I was able to kind of always call on my employees, say, hey, come over and fix this, fix that. And now I'm kind of on my own a little bit. So uh, learning new ways to communicate with clients. I've done more video emails than I've ever done before. I'm uh, putting together an entire webinar series so that people that were in the past able to come to live seminars and ask questions and, and hear me speak. Now we'll be able to do that even more accessibly through live webinars on various topics. And I'm really excited about that. I think, you know, there's not much good about a, a pandemic, nothing at all, really. But there is going to be some changes to how we do business. And the outcomes of those actually could have some positive effects. But yeah, don't get me wrong. There's nothing good about this coronavirus at all. I have been uh, communicating a lot with clients, again, through those video emails, keeping them posted on what we're doing. We've made some moves along the way. So far, so good on that. We'll be talking about that a little bit later in the show. But been able to stay in contact. What's interesting, I found, is because of that communication, because of some of the defensive moves we made early on when the market was dropping, and then offensively, when I thought I saw the first of what could be multiple bottoms, but it could be the bottom. We don't know yet. 
We don't know the shape of the recovery, if it's a V, a W, or a check mark, or you know what that shape's going to look like. But with these moves and with the allocation to other various investment areas, such as real estate, which we're going to talk about today, this is going to be a real estate-centric show, along with uh, safe investment strategies and so forth. My clients have felt uh, pretty good overall. I've only had a couple of them say, you know, I, I, I'm thinking about getting out of the market. And I haven't had a single one do that yet. I have, though, had a lot of clients call me, uh, gee, this kind of feels like a good time to buy. What do you think? And so... I have a pretty astute investment group of clients, evidently, because they're not panicking. They're, they're saying, you know, it's going to come back to a one of them. I, I haven't really heard anybody say, I know I don't think it's going to recover. Brian, I know that you have front-end engineered a lot of your portfolios to have defense built into them, but should you always be defensive in a situation like this? Absolutely not. You do need to know your risk tolerance. You do need to analyze, you know, investments, not just about growth. You don't, as my pithy saying is, you don't want to be the richest guy in the graveyard. There has to be other things that go along with it. It's cash flow. It's having non-correlated assets. There's, uh, you know, risk management, liquidity, tax effects. There's a lot of other things that go into investment. It's not for most people to be 100% at risk 100% of the time. That's other advisors' models, you know, the ones that hate annuities, and you should too. I mean, they, they might be more on the 100% at risk 100% of the time, and their idea of diversification is just stocks. Well, I'm, I take a different approach, and that's why uh, we're going to be talking about part of that approach today in depth uh, with the real estate angle of things here. And one of the reasons I, I love to talk about real estate, obviously, I've, I talk a lot about Delaware statutory trusts and, and the tax advantages of doing that, the life advantages of not being a landlord anymore, the diversification advantages, et cetera, which we'll uh, revisit today. But I've done well over $100 million of those to date. And, you know, it's pretty life-changing for those people that do that. Uh, that's outside of the stock market. It's not correlated, uh, you know, step-by-step step with the markets. And so we're going to talk about some of those areas today. Right. I know our listeners are saying, well, that doesn't sound like Brian in studio. Of course, you're not in studio. This is a home edition of our show. I'm here in the Madrona Financial Studios with a guest today, and you're at your home. And we're going to be talking with that guest here in just a moment about real estate and how the real estate market has been affected or is going to be affected by this market downturn. So, Brian, why don't you introduce our special guest today? Yeah, with me today to discuss real estate is Mike Hollister. He's I've worked with him for quite a while, both on Delaware Statutory Trust and private non-traded REITs. Mike has an extensive background, also a CPA, so we're going to nerd out today a little bit. But I'm excited to have Mike on the show. He's been on my show before, very popular guest with people that were listening to that. So uh, welcome back to the show, Mike. Yeah, thank you very much, Brian. It's important to be, I think, a calming voice and a rational voice for your listeners. There are a lot of voices, especially with social media and just how connected we are as a society right now. And, uh, you know, it's amazing. All I have to do is look up my Facebook feed to see how many uh, epidemiologists, amateur epidemiologists, uh, um, have (laughs) suddenly arisen from the ranks and uh, amateur financial advisors as well. You are faced right now during this time with if anything, kind of too much information and coming from a variety of different places and perspectives that I think hopefully we can bring kind of some sanity and some rationality uh, to the discussion uh, about investments in real estate and then even looking at the markets in general. 
Yeah, I agree with that. And one of the things I've, I've shared with clients is that if you think back to some of the other crashes, I was a financial advisor through the dot-com 9-11 recession. And back then, uh, I didn't have a smartphone and I didn't have an iPad. And when I went home, I had a, you know, the internet connections weren't that great back then. And we'd go to work, we'd go home, maybe listen to the nightly news, maybe just read the Seattle newspaper in the morning and go, oh, look at this. There's, there's a flu epidemic and uh, the Dow dropped a bunch of points yesterday. We weren't inundated with this 24-7. And you're right. I mean, all the amateurs are coming out on this. Everybody has an opinion on well, when we're going to come back and, and, you know, what day, what week, what month, how's it going to come back? And everybody wants to be right. It's kind of like uh, during the sports season. I mean, they have shows and shows and shows of, about some analyst prediction about the what score, what the game's going to be. Well, who really cares? Why don't we just wait for the game and watch it? I don't really care what someone thinks about that. You know, it's it's kind of like that with the coronavirus. And, and what's interesting, and, and I'm glad you brought up the Voice of Reason. Voice of Reason says you buy real estate not because of what it's going to do in the next 60 days. You buy it for what it's going to do over the next decades, typically, or at least many years. Same with the stock market. You're not buying companies because of what they're going to do in three months. You're buying the present value future expected earnings and paying a multiple of that. You know, I'm, I'm seeing the same reaction in some of the conversations I'm having around real estate. There are people who say, you know what? My transaction, I just want to put it on hold. And, well, why do you want to put it on hold? Well, I'm just kind of, I'm going to wait for some good news. Okay. And so we put transactions on hold. And what you're seeing with that response is it's completely irrational. And I think it's important to notice that we are irrational people, especially during times of a crisis, during times when we just can't see the future. And it's important at that point in time to seek wise counsel, to look into someone who's maybe not as emotionally connected to your decision as you are and is able to look at it rationally, is able to help influence and guide that decision and to produce a positive way, to not be overly influenced by the fear of the unknown. In fact, a relatively short term unknown. Yeah, and especially with real estate, because with real estate, I would say the biggest risk factor that has put its head out there for us to examine is the risk of being forced to sell at a time that the buyers aren't out there or transactions aren't happening. And we're, we're going to talk about that later in the show, what that's done to publicly traded markets, why we might choose private non-traded or DST markets in, in their place. But it's interesting, the reactions of investors, you know, the, the true investors, as I was saying, a shout out to my clients. I mean, they're all calling me going, when do we get back in? And, and you know, we, we did uh, recently for the market part. You know, they're, they're looking for the opportunity because they are long term. That is how investors think. I mean, go back to basic Warren Buffett 101. I mean, he's like, you know, invest heavy when there's blood running in the streets. And, and when everybody's giddy, that's probably a good time to sell. And so uh, that is the, the true mark of an investor that has a, a proper strategy to actually succeed. Because if you invest based on your emotions, pretty darn sure you're going to fail. Yeah, the market is actually, you know, built that way because the time of ultimate opportunity is when you have, uh, you know, when you've reached the epitome of overall despair, when everyone who's going to despair at the market has already despaired. 
that's the point when the opportunity is greatest because there's no one left to drive it any lower. All the people who have decided to sell have sold. And so the only people left are buyers or people are going to say, hey, you know what? Maybe it's not that bad. And as those people start to begin buying again is when you see the market move. But of course, if you react to the market emotionally, you're just paying attention to, you know, the, to the news, to the mainstream media who are not selling information, but they're selling clicks. They're selling, uh, they're, they're trying to tantalize your eyes to keep you glued to whatever it is they're saying. Uh, you know, they are not looking out for your best interest, particularly your financial best interest. They're looking out for their financial best interest. And listening to them, obeying them is going to keep you from making rational, informed decisions, uh, which which require you to counteract, uh, you know, your emotional instincts. Yeah, you know, yeah, I recall uh, you know, when the news is slow and we have a little bit of cold spell, you know, it's Snowmageddon 2020, you know, whatever. It's The media is trying to, yeah, you're right, trying to get your attention. Not to say that all the media isn't reporting this right, but it, it's definitely, it's all around us and from all different sources. And one of the things about the market is something called a, it's a, the value of the markets is a leading indicator, meaning that that will lead way ahead of where we see any good news. Once the good news is out, the investors have already jumped in way before that. If And I've been told, you know, are you just going to wait for really good news and a cure and everything else? I'm like, well, heck no, I'd be way late for that party. And uh, so definitely it's a leading indicator. We had to get out in front of this knowing that just exactly what you said, people that are fearful and going to get out of the market already have. There's none of them left hardly anymore. And the people that are left are the ones waiting. When do I get back in? So I want to continue this discussion. We got to go to break right now. But uh, when we come back, we'll start talking about the state of real estate, uh, given the coronavirus. Growing your wealth with Brian Evans will be right back with even more ways to help you stay focused on your retirement goals. Are you putting all of your retirement money into an IRA, pension, or 401k? You could lose 20, 30, 40% or more of your retirement savings because it's not a question of if the market crashes again, it's a question of when it's going to happen. Did you know there is a way to grow and protect your wealth safely and predictably every single year? There's no need to put all of your savings at risk. Call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA. If you're within five years of retirement, the professionals at Madrona are offering a no-cost 401k review and retirement assessment. Protect your savings, especially when you're so close to retirement. The number to call is 844-MADRONA or visit madronafinancial.com. The investment team at Madrona will tell you if your retirement is properly structured. Call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA. That's 844-MADRONA. Or visit them online at madronafinancial.com for your free 401k and retirement review. Tired of getting only half the story? We've got you covered with the most comprehensive financial Financial information on the radio. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with your host, Brian Evans. Now, here's Brian. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, I'm joined with Mike Hollister of Next Point. Uh, we're talking about real estate, coronavirus, the market uncertainty, trying to add some reason to everything here, hopefully. Uh, we'll be talking about this throughout the hour. You know, in, in my financial career, we've had a, a few of these events with 9-11, the dot-com crash, recession all rolled into one, and 2008 with the financial crisis. 
crisis and now this one. Mike, I think we, uh, there's a term out there called a black swan event, and maybe we can have a little discussion about that. So I'll kind of turn it over to you for a minute. You know, I, this is what I'm seeing right now. The a book, uh, the author is Nassim Tlaib. He wrote a book called Fooled by Randomness a long time ago. And then, um, I don't know, I want to say maybe 10 years or so ago, he came out with The Black Swan. The title comes from the fact that I think it was in Australia, someone came across some black swans. And before that, nobody even had the idea that a swan could be black. It was not even aware. aware. So that, that was the original, the black swan event. It's like nobody knows about a black swan until you actually see one. And then you say, oh, wow, there's a black swan. The other analogy is that I think is more appropriate to coronavirus, to 9-11, something like that, to something, uh, a natural phenomenon that an investor may experience is consider the life of a turkey, okay? A turkey grows up and has the best life. It's given its food every day. And if all the turkey did was look to its past and it would say, man, I have the best life. I'm just getting fatter and fatter. All my food is here. I'm able to mate freely. I'm able to do whatever I want. I have literally the best life until all of a sudden one day that turkey's life on or around Thanksgiving takes a decided turn for the worse and it comes out of nowhere. And if all that turkey did was look at the last six months and just assume that the next six months were going to be the same, that turkey would be very mistaken. We are all turkeys. Our human brain has a very (laughs) difficult time comprehending the idea that the next six months are going to be very different than the last six months, and we tend to get lulled to sleep. Prior to the coronavirus outbreak, we had, what, a 12-year bull market, the longest bull market in history, and most investors were thinking, you know, things are going pretty good. In fact, I'll tell you this, almost everyone I talked to said, you know what, I think that we're going to have smooth sailing, probably up until maybe around the elections, then things might get a little dicey, but I think everything's going to be fine and until then because nobody saw anything coming. And so every time I heard that and I heard it over and over and over again, I thought to myself, you know, everyone thinks this, which means that it's probably not true, which means I didn't know that coronavirus was going to happen. I mean, no one did, but it did. And that's what happens is black swan events. They come and they disrupt us and we have very little time for planning for them. If, I mean, you can't foresee them because they come at you in a way that you did not expect. And it's a real test for what was your financial plan? Like, how were you situated for this disaster? It's a great opportunity to kind of look at your strategy and evaluate, were you prepared for an event like this? Yeah, I was recently live on one of the Seattle radio stations talking about the stock market. And the host says, all right, Brian, everybody's listening. What should we do? And I was well, um, hopefully you've been listening to my show for the last several years and, and you called us up and we put in some strategies to moderate risk and all that stuff and, and had you non-correlated assets. We knew you know, that bad things can happen. We just didn't know what or when. And I said, short of buying a time machine on Amazon right now, going back in the past and changing your investment portfolio, I really don't know what to say about that, you know, because we were right in the throes of it dropping, you know, a couple thousand points a day, the Dow was. And at the time of that. So it is very difficult to just go, oh, bad thing happened. Now I think I'll adjust my portfolio. And then you look it up and you go, oh, I'm already kind of down 35%. And now what do I do? And I kind of miss that boat. And now if I do something, I might be selling low and getting into something else that won't recover as much as what I'm in. And, and, you know, I think a lot of people are faced with that right now, but you're right. We don't look six months forward. And in fact, Jeff, my co-host here, and, and I often talk about the 
non-proven statistic that I would envision, I would guess that if a study was done, Americans spent a lot more time planning their vacations than they ever do looking at their financial plans. And I would even suspect that there's a number of people out there spend a lot more time shopping for shoes in the course of a year than they do looking at their 401k or thinking about any of their investments. Well, and I think that the reason is, is because a lot of people just kind of hand that decision off to an expert. They say, hey, you know what? This guy has me diversified because I own a handful of mutual funds and those mutual funds own a bunch of stocks. And so I'm basically diversified. And people take a lot of comfort in that. They feel like, well, if something happens, it's okay because I'm diversified. Well, guess what? Something did happen. And chances are, unless you owned a handful of drug companies, maybe Amazon actually held up pretty well, but the vast majority of companies all took massive massive hits, you know, 30% or more is what the market did, you know, over this time in a very short period of time. That's when you get the panic. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, we saw Costco run out of toilet paper of, of all things. I mean, who would have thought that the public's response to a panic would be to buy up all the toilet paper? You just never know. I mean, that's uh, that's the thing about these black swan events is that we are constantly surprised by people's reactions. And now you're saying people, sadly, are looking at the point right now, what do I do? I've ridden this down. What do I do? And we can all speculate about what might happen. I tend to think that, that things will recover and that they'll recover pretty quickly, but they won't recover pretty quickly everywhere. And one of the things that you, know, that you and I have talked about, one of the enemies of success in a plan, uh, you know, at a time like this can be liquidity. And you say, what are you talking about? Liquidity is what you need. Liquidity allows you to sell and get out. Well, liquidity is the thing that allows you to, that forces you, gives you the opportunity to make a terrible decision every single day. And when there are blips that are extremely significant, but short-lived, liquidity can ruin people financially. Yeah, I just think about the basic example on liquidity is if you have an account that's invested in stock, even though it's liquid, it's not as liquid as money in your pocket. Uh, most people don't walk around with thousands of dollars in their pocket because that is so liquid that that money is just going to be gone before you know it. You go, what the heck just happened? I mean, the more accessible things are, you know, the easier it is to spend them and or or to make changes. Uh, that's why you know one of the best ways of investing is just to have forced savings. For savings could obviously be a 401k plan, automatic drafts on, on your account into a fixed index universal life policy or something of that nature. Or if you own rental houses, paying extra on your principal every month instead of getting a 30-year loan, getting a 15-year loan and maybe adding some principal to that. You know, There's a lot of way that because we're, you know, if we have money, we spend it. And I see this over and over. My, the CPA for my own, we do thousands of tax returns a year. And it really doesn't matter how much people make, they spend it. Because if you have it, you spend it. You just adjust your lifestyle. That's that's so common. And so you almost have to force yourself. If, if the money isn't in your account, you tend not to spend it. And so if you're forced to pay extra principal, like I said, on things, and you have uh, maxing out your 401k and maxing out uh, life insurance or whatever, you have all these things, uh, your rental house mortgage, all these things that are coming out of your account, it makes them illiquid, which is a good thing. And I, I know that you like to talk about this uh, when you give seminars with me, and we've done a lot of those, about your best investments long term and not your most liquid ones. 
You know, we've, we've seen that. Most people who, who come to these seminars, their best investment is the rental house they bought 30 years ago that they just held. They held it through the dot-com burst. They held it through the Great Financial Recession. And now they're selling it, not because, you know, they feel like it's a good time to get out of rentals. No, they're selling it because their life choice demands that they want to retire from being the landlord of that rental. And that makes a lot more sense when you're dealing with these. Now, and we're certainly not recommending people to just up oh, sell all your stocks and only buy liquid things. Certainly, you need liquidity for the flexibility in your life. But one thing that can produce significant flexibility in your life is cash flow. So when you pick investments, when you're producing a balanced portfolio, yes, it's important to retain some liquidity to deal with events, to deal with circumstances, and to capitalize on opportunities that may arise from here. You know, we're going to talk, I think, later in the show about different types of real estate and you know, and how different um, types of real estate are, are feeling and may feel the effect effects ongoing from the coronavirus. But if you have a balanced real estate portfolio, this can be a very strong source of cash flow for you. Um, and it can be a source of stability. I know it's a tired, you know, kind of saying in the real estate market, but you know, everybody's got to have a place to live. But when you own multifamily or single family housing, those things do tend to hold up during times like this, because people do need to pay their rent, people do need to live. That's the bill that tends to get paid first for most people people. And if you receive your livelihood from those cash flow payments, then this is that's something that can help buoy a portfolio and provide opportunity to invest in some things that are maybe a good deal right now. Yeah, security is a, is a big thing. I mean, there's there's the big five. There's We all want growth. And so people think, okay, put your money in the stock market. Uh, we all want liquidity. Okay, the stock market's liquid. But uh, we'd also like security. We'd also like cash flow. And we like tax advantages. Now, I tell people, you know, my life would be so easy if I could put you in that investment that paid you, gave you all five of those attributes. That'd be so awesome. But it doesn't work that way. And so one of the things I like about real estate is you can have growth, obviously. It's not secure. There, It is a risk asset. However, it's non-correlated to the stock market. So just because the stock market might overnight essentially drop 35% doesn't mean your long-term holding your real estate did. And and so being non-correlated is is a first cousin of security, I would call it. And obviously, real estate offers cash flow. Now, it used to be we went to bonds for cash flow and non-correlation to the market. Well, bonds are not correlated to the market. However, they sure aren't offering a whole lot of cash flow right now because the 10-year treasury doesn't even pay 1% right around in there. And so we can't go to that anymore like we used to for the last 40 years. Uh, a lot of people use their bond portfolio to provide that or a lot of people I've, I've heard they, they'll say well I'll just buy some dividend paying stocks and I'll be fine because you always get the dividend and so I don't really care about the underlying value well I got news for you a lot of those dividend paying stocks also dropped 35% right away through this coronavirus and a lot of them are going to stop paying dividends so there was no security in that either so uh, I think when uh, let's wrap this up for now and then we'll come back from the break we'll start talking about different areas of real estate how they're affected by this what's some of the outlook is for them as it relates to investors reaction to the coronavirus 
Stay tuned for more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, the show you can't afford to miss. The word volatile is rarely used when describing something desirable. It's usually not associated with pleasant outcomes and doesn't sound very appealing unless you're describing a roller coaster or some other thrill ride. And when it comes to your retirement plan, volatile is the last word you want to hear when talking about your nest egg. At Madrona Financial Services, we like to focus on other words when it comes to retirement planning. Words like predictability, opportunity, and security. And while we may live in volatile times, there are strategies that you could be using right now to lessen or even possibly eliminate its impact on your portfolio. If you're concerned about your exposure to market volatility, call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA to schedule your complimentary review. We'll perform a risk analysis of your current portfolio and then discuss the ways we can help you achieve your retirement goals without taking unnecessary chances with your nest egg. Take back control of your retirement. Call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA or visit us at madronafinancial.com. In today's fast-paced world, we're used to having information at our fingertips. And when you're trying to research something, more information is always better, especially when it comes to retirement planning. That's why Brian Evans, founder of Madrona Financial Services, has made his 2020 edition of the Little Red Book of Retirement available for free. You can get your free copy by visiting madronafinancial.com. The 2020 edition of the Little Red Book of Retirement covers the basics of retirement planning. Brian shares his thoughts on investing, taxes, estate planning, lifestyle, and more. As a CPA and investment advisor, Brian has the knowledge to help make your retirement planning process manageable. Brian has also been a featured speaker on CNBC and Fox Business. The 2020 edition of the Little Red Book of Retirement will give you a thorough analysis from an expert. Madrona Financial offers beneficial information to properly prepare for retirement. Get your free copy of the 2020 edition of the Little Red Book of Retirement by visiting madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com. You can't build a house with just one tool, and you can't plan for retirement without an integrated, comprehensive strategy. If you want to get more information on the Madrona bundle of services, call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or go to madronafinancial.com. Now, back to more of Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. And in this segment, we're going to continue our discussion with Mike Hollister of NextPoint. Uh, we're going to have a discussion about public, private, different kinds of real estate holdings, DST, and how they're reacting to the market. So, Mike, uh, let's let's start this discussion. I'll open it up to you about talking about the difference between publicly traded REITs. I mean, a lot of listeners have finally figured out that REIT is Real Estate Investment Trust, and it's a way to invest invest in real estate with other investors, a diversified, potentially diversified portfolio of real estate. But there's different kinds of REITs out there, different ways to own real estate passively. So let's start that discussion with you here. Yeah, a lot of people might figure out, well, okay, I don't want to all be in stocks. I want to be in real estate. So why don't I buy a stock that's real estate? And that's what a REIT is, okay? It trades just like a stock. It has a ticker just like a stock. Um, and these publicly traded REITs have provided, at least during this crisis, very little protection 
from the downturn. It turns out we talk about the benefits of the non of non correlation, right? We talk about real estate being non correlated from stocks. Yeah, not over the last month, not at all. I've seen REITs suffer 50, 60, 70 percent losses. You know, yields go sky high. And at this point in time, you got to be asking yourself, what's going on? Is there something I don't know? Are there actual dangers going on? Now, some of these REITs, uh, these publicly traded REITs, you know, they, they can represent a variety of industries. Obviously, you could buy an index fund, which is going to be a, a wide variety of real estate companies, different types of real estate. Um, and then there's also mortgage REITs. And across the board, they've been getting hammered. Now, some of this stuff is understandable. Brian, when was the last time you stayed in a hotel? Uh, <laughs> well, it's been a while. I had some stays planned. Yeah, uh, but I've had to cancel too. them all. And um, if you own a hotel right now, and say you own that hotel, and but you didn't really own it, the bank owned eighty percent of it, and now you're being forced to make payments. You know, hopefully you have some deep pockets. There could be some long-lasting, lingering effects of you know in the hotel industry. Now, I like hotels long term. I think that you know hotels tend to bounce back pretty fast once we all start going and we're excited to get back to work and business travelers will start traveling again. You know, I mean, maybe cruises, maybe cruise lines take a little bit longer to maybe people are a little bit more reticent to go on a cruise for a while. Slash, maybe there's some people who say, hey, cheap cruises, I'm in. You know, so these things are a little bit difficult to predict, but I do think that some of the lingering effects of uh, some of the effects of uh, that we've seen in some of the hotel REITs, those may be justified. However, some of the other things, some of the multifamily REITs have gotten creamed just as much. Why is that? Uh, you know, do these represent opportunities? Now, if you own these in a margin account or something like this, if you own these in a situation where now all of a sudden you have to sell to make a margin call, or um, you know, you've been being overly aggressive over the last few years, then you might have problems because you've got to sell some good names to meet those margin calls. But even now, if you're you've you've had to ride down all of a sudden those REITs that you had planned on buffering your portfolio, providing that non-correlated effect, they aren't providing that. What would you say to the investor down saying, okay, my strategy, my plan was lacking. This black swan decimated me. And I think that maybe, hopefully, we get a second chance after this. You know, some things bounce back. I want to relook at what I'm doing. You know, how would you suggest retuning a portfolio for someone who feels like their portfolio did not give them what they wanted? Maybe they're not ready to retire yet, but maybe seven to 10 years from now, they'll be at a position where they can't put back those losses through earnings and where they can't afford to take this kind of a hit. And they realize this was a good gut check for them. What would you suggest those kind of people do? Yeah, that's a great question because that, that is the, the conversation. I like the fact you said, you know, seven, 10 years from now, if I got some time to work on this, then there's a lot of things we can do. It's been interesting because this last year, as you mentioned, 11 year bull market, people are feeling pretty confident about their stock holdings. And I was getting some questions about, uh, well, you know, Brian, you put me in this fixed index annuity for risk, but why are we taking any riskless positions in our portfolio? Markets are great. They go up, 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 up. Shouldn't we just put it all in the market? And why why aren't we doing those publicly traded REITs? Because, you know, those publicly traded REITs are going up just like the market. So shouldn't we have all our money in that? And and so it's been tough to discuss because, you know, I didn't know about coronavirus. 
and all of that. But if you think about the composition of a publicly traded REIT, I think it's good to analyze that because one of the things about a publicly traded REIT, let's say it's worth, I'll just throw out a number, a billion dollars, and they own a whole bunch of different uh, buildings in it. Well, public traded REITs that trade on the market, people might be redeeming them and they might be selling them. And so that public traded REIT knows that that can happen. So they have a bunch of money set aside that's not invested in real estate because, you know, they might have sell orders and they got to redeem that money. But let's say that the sell orders are so great that they ran out of that money and now people are putting in sell orders and they have three days or whatever it is to make them whole. They're sitting on underlying assets in real estate during a time when banks aren't lending and nobody's buying. Well, how in the world do they sell anything? So we got a problem. I don't know, Mike, do you have any idea about what these public and trade REITs are going to do in the situation where their sell orders exceed their capacity to even redeem? Well, I mean, and that's the problem is that's why people sell them way down is they feel like, look, I know it's a good yield. I know this is an opportunity to buy in and get, you know, what looks like a forward looking yield of 20%. But I don't think that yield is going to be 20. I think it's going to be nothing because I think this company might get gobbled up or it might be sold off for pennies on the dollar. And that is the fear. And if those fears materialize, people are left holding the bag. You know, you're seeing mortgage rates. People are always worried. I'll tell you, in each crisis, whenever there is the fear of a liquidity crisis, which these days there always is because trading is done not so much by people but by computers now and so everything just falls trades just flood the market at the same time and that's why you hit the breakers you know on the down the S&P and it you know they, they keep it from going down the NYC has to shut down for five minutes and make everybody take a little breather you know all that is kind of scary and when that kind of a thing happens people start to freak out and I will say through 2008. And, you know, even in the like fourth quarter of 2015, there was kind of a little bit of a financial shakeup. Um, you know, every time there's been a very quick recovery. So when it comes to debt, everybody's worried that, okay, the other shoe's going to fall here and we are going to experience massive defaults. So far, it hasn't happened. But people are voting with their money, at least that, well, you know what, maybe it happens this time. We saw 50, 60, 70% declines in a lot of debt instruments in 2008. Most of them, the vast majority of them bounced right back. Now, obviously there were some subprime issues and there, there, were, there were some certain issues that needed to be worked out of the economy. Hopefully we learned from that a little bit. We delevered significantly, you know, but going forward now, uh, you know, it kind of remains to be seen. Will the market be proven to have overreacted again in terms of credit in terms of anticipating a massive number of defaults. My personal opinion is yes. I don't think the default, I think that the market is anticipating a far too significant level of defaults and that we will see most of these things tend to bounce back. But, you know, it remains to be seen. I could be wrong. And this time could be different. And that's what makes it so difficult to make decisions, you know, against the hard right edge of reality. You know, we like to look at curves and say, oh, it'd be perfect to buy here at this bottom and then sell here at this top. But the problem is, is like we don't get to see the future part of the graph. We're making a decision right now. And we don't know if over the long term, over the next five years, this looks like the bottom or it looks like an intermediate top. And it could be either one. And that's why when it comes to real estate investing, I like to make sound fundamental decisions, make long-term decisions. You know, I mean, we've talked about it recently. We started the show talking about how people were making decisions based on, you know, irrational fears. And one of the things that I've seen, you know, because I deal with this and I know you do as well, is people that are in the middle or even anticipating a 1031 exchange. Now, a 1031 exchange is where you sell a piece of commercial property, investment property, and then you have 45 days to identify a replacement 
replacement property. And as long as you identify within 45 days and then close within 180 days, you can defer any taxes on the sale. Now, for that person, that mythical person, well, not mythical, you know, a lot of them are your clients that have owned that piece of rental property for 30 years plus, and now are looking to sell it, that represent, you know, that could be millions of dollars even in taxable gains that they are able to defer and keep that money that they would have paid in taxes working for them, keep continue to earn money with that money. These people are a lot of the people that are saying, you know what, I just need to hold on and wait for something to happen because they're confused. They're fearful and they're letting their emotions guide them and potentially keep them from saving maybe millions of dollars in taxes. Yeah. In fact, I was the other day, I I woke up, you know, with an idea and I sat down on my computer, I think it was six o'clock in the morning, I had to get it out. And it was, I typed out an article, I'm hoping to get published in Kiplinger. We'll see if that gets on there. But you know, if you're in the middle of a 1031 exchange, and you were going to buy another property in that 45 days, and now coronavirus comes along, and you're going, huh, I can't get an inspector, I can't get an appraiser, I can't get a notary, I can't get anybody. How am I supposed to do this? Well, you can do that with a Delaware statutory trust as your rescue for your 1031 exchange because the Delaware Statutory Trust real estate investments have already been inspected and purchased and financed and leased up and uh, everything's been done. They're just sitting there waiting for the money. And that's where you and I met was uh, Next Point, the company that you represent, offers Delaware Statutory Trust investments and one of the most unique uh, strategies both for value add and, and to help mitigate against recession as much as possible, having that plan. Um, we don't have a lot of time left in this segment, but Mike, uh, can you just kind of mention something about your firm and, and what it does in the DST space? Yeah, we're a large, you know, real estate company. You know, we've purchased you know almost ten billion dollars worth of real estate over the last five or six years, and most of that has been in the multifamily space. That is where our expertise is, and what we like to do is find properties that were built, you know, maybe two thousand four, two thousand five, but are looking a little worse for the wear. And I'll tell you, usually what we do is we end up buying these companies from, as you mentioned earlier, large institutions, um, we're talking endowments, pension funds, they own real estate instead of bonds because right now bonds aren't paying anything. So they have switched to real estate for income because real estate is still providing, or at least has been, you know, the last month notwithstanding, uh, has been providing reasonable income and safety and security that bonds kind of used to used to provide, but not so much anymore. So they've diversified that way. So what we do is once those properties get to the point where they're looking a little dated, you know, like maybe, you know, back in 2004, they didn't have Amazon lockers, things like that. We buy those properties, retrofit them, hold them, implement our business plan for about four or five years. And then often we sell them back to the same kind of companies, you know, because they want a, you know, a ready-made, they want real estate that behaves like a bond, real estate that doesn't need a new roof, that doesn't need cosmetic upgrades, real estate that just is fully leased up, you know, they can just own and just collect checks. And, you know, funny enough, a lot of investors want that. Normally, you know, and this is what you focused on, is the landlord who wants to retire. But maybe on the back, we can talk about some of the benefits of a DST in the next segment. Talking about not so much the landlord who wants to retire, that's still obviously always going to be an option for a DST. But what about the 911-1031? The people who find themselves in an emergency and now all of a sudden need to act and are looking for looking for some way to get a property that has been vetted and has been heavily scrutinized 
especially in this time when risk is at the forefront of their mind and they need to act very quickly. Yeah, that's a great attribute of the DST, especially one that you guys have for me and keep providing as they get filled up, fully subscribed. So we'll come back to the different kinds of real estate uh, holdings and what we think about those in our final segment after the break. Discussing the financial issues that matter most to you. We'll be right back with more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Time for today's edition of Growing Your Wealth, presented by Madrona Financial. Here's Brian Evans. With the social distancing that a lot of people are instigating in their lives right now, people have asked about, well, how can I come see you? I don't really want to drive out to your office and definitely want to, but I'm a little nervous about that. And so I definitely want to make our services available to people and more available. And I think we've really come on something. I've been working from my home office much more, and I've actually been able to have more meetings than I had in the past. Because in the past, you know, you got to get in your car, drive all the way out to park and walk in, get your coffee, talk a little bit, get to know each other. And now I've been doing a lot of meetings just on the phone. And so I want to offer to people that qualify for potential investors through Madrona Financial that I can offer more in-person meetings over the phone and make it a lot more easy for people to access me. We can get right down to your questions and you don't have to have a full financial plan. You don't have to come see me. You don't have to have all this other stuff done. A lot of people need just some guidance right now that they they can know what's going on with their portfolios, get certain questions answered, maybe get a little guidance or just have somebody bounce some stuff off. And so I want to make sure that people know that that's available, that we can offer that. Certainly in these times, I want to be available for people so they can get answers to some of the complex investment questions they may not be getting elsewhere. And that was Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, Madrona Financial, investments, retirement, taxes, and legacy. MadronaFinancial.com. Get your free copy of Brian's latest book, The Complete Book of Retirement. It covers everything from the basics of retirement planning to passive real estate investing. Arm yourself with information and take control of your retirement. Call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA for your free copy or visit MadronaFinancial.com. Do you ever worry if your CPA and financial advisor are on the same page? You won't have to if you call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or visit them at madronafinancial.com. Now, back to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. And in this segment, we're going to finish our discussion about real estate and passive real estate given the coronavirus. Now, I've got my special guest, Mike Hollister of, of NextPoint, who has uh, DSTs that we use and so forth. And for the 1031 exchanges, we've talked to some of the, about some of the differences between publicly traded REITs and how they've been very volatile in this market. Thankfully, uh, a lot of my clients are certainly using the private non-traded REITs and the Delaware Statutory Trusts, which don't have those immediate liquidity requirements that a publicly traded REIT that trades on the market does. Now, a lot of my clients have been asking about different areas of the market, how we think they're going to react. Now, nobody knows for sure uh, as far as real estate. I can say that we do have some historical information. I don't know if you're prepared to talk about that, Mike, as far as what we saw in 2008 in the apartment 
apartment area relative to real estate values and the recovery, how long it was, and what some of the vacancy rate changes were. Uh, maybe we could start talking a little bit about that. Sure, yeah. In 2008, we did see um, some vacancy within the apartment space. So yeah, we saw you know large apartment complexes, we saw vacancies get into the teens. And this was because you know people were transitioning, people were going from higher-end properties to kind of mid-grade or to lower-end properties. You know, so yeah, there was certainly some vacancies. It was relatively short-lived, you know, because there was displacement. There were people losing jobs. We saw an employment spike, not nearly like we saw it uh, spike here. You know, with like what, what, three point eight million or something like that. Um, you know, job losses. So it wasn't nearly like what we saw there. But it also was a different situation. Most of the people who have lost their jobs right now at least anticipate this is going to be a short term. If you remember back to two thousand and eight, this was different. This was Lehman and Bear going down. This was the entire structure of the financial world crumbling beneath us. We did not know if there was a safety net, and no one thought that you know we, we you know there was there were, we were you know worried about bailing out the automakers and everything like this, but no one had any sense that like well this is going to be a blip, and then once we kick whatever problem this was, I mean we didn't really even know like what really how deep the problem was. Well, this we have our enemy. You know, we know it's the virus. And most people anticipate that if we do some significant measures here, we can kick it here within a couple months. Maybe it lingers. I'm sure the effects from it linger on beyond that. Now, we mentioned hospitality as potentially being a sector that may suffer more lingering effects. But even as I mentioned that, that means there may be a better opportunity for investing there. Um, it may not mean that, you know, that it's terrible. It may mean that the opportunities that are coming up are, you know, could be substantial. But, you know, we, we talked about multifamily, um, single family rent rentals historically have been a little bit more resilient. Single family rentals, even during the Great Recession, never saw vacancies even go higher than 10%. And so, you know, if you're looking at, you know, multifamily versus single family, maybe that's something you should have both in your portfolio. Single families are a little bit more difficult. They're largely owned by people that own, you know, a couple rental houses, you know, or three or four. They're not owned by institutions. Most of the big multifamily apartments are owned by REITs or they're owned by private equity, they're owned by pension funds, as we mentioned. So those are pretty easy to come by. They're pretty easy to integrate in your portfolios. Single-family rentals, you know, there's a handful of publicly traded REITs. There's a handful of different investments that you can use. But that's something that you should investigate in terms of rounding out your kind of roof over, the, over your head portion of your portfolio. Yeah, and there are other uh, areas of the real estate market. There's certainly industrial park. You know, and they, they've actually, I think, are going to fare pretty well through this because certainly our buying habits are shifting just like our communication habits tend to be shifting. As I mentioned earlier, I'm going to be doing a lot more webinars than, than live lunch seminars. I apologize to the people like <laughs> coming out and see me and having me buy a lunch, but uh, or you actually, Mike, you've certainly bought a lot of lunches for people in our rooms. But our buying habits are changing, so we're seeing industrial park, kind of, I think, improve. I don't have to even mention that shopping centers and that kind of thing are not really where we want to put any of our money right now. I'm sure somebody's going to make some money on that too. They're going to buy them when they're uh, fully distressed and maybe put something else in their place. I don't know. But there's other areas of market. There's self-storage. There's You mentioned hotels. That is a tougher area. But there is a lot of optimism there. My, my best friend uh, from college, I've been talking to him. He owns hotels and he recently had to lay off 400 people. But he is looking forward to the summer. He thinks they'll be back. He knows there's a hit there, but he, he prepared for it, thankfully. So uh, he's in pretty good shape there, but he doesn't think this is going to be a forever thing. So I'm glad to hear his his optimism on that too. So 
the different kinds of real estate are going to have different results. Again, I don't know across the board what that's like. However, I do know for my own clients, I've been trying to diversify real estate types into, as you mentioned, apartments and even all apartments aren't the same as, as you were mentioning during 2008. Maybe the class A, class A plus apartments, a lot of people had to move out of that into class A minus class B plus type apartments and having some of that in the portfolio can be advantageous given uh, how people are moving. But of course, location matters entirely too. So you were sharing percentages and so forth. Well, that might be a, a global kind of U.S. change, but certain areas of the U.S. are going to have much higher occupancy, vacancy rates than others as we, we look at the demographics of the individual apartment and where it's at. Yeah, certainly. Um, you know, we've always focused our holdings on affordable housing. Now, by affordable, I don't mean kind of bottom of the barrel stuff, but I mean, you know, not Neiman Marcus, but Costco. You know, maybe, you know, we want to buy something that represents a good value because we feel like that holds up. I mean, obviously, in times of excess over the last five years, six years, um, you know, Class A, the brand new stuff has been great, uh, especially millennials. If they've been moving out and buying apartments, they like nice stuff. They don't want to own. They want to rent. And so those types of apartments have done really well. Well, all you need is a crisis like this. And people say, look, I need to shave 500 bucks a month off my budget. That's a lot of Starbucks coffees. But you know what? I can move apartments. And instead of paying two grand, I can pay 1500 You know, that makes me much more financially flexible and solvent. And then maybe, boy, this reminds me, I should start putting my money away from retirement, even though I'm young, maybe I'm not as invincible, you know, as I thought I was. So this could be a gut check for a lot of people. So we, I I mean, certainly we didn't anticipate a crisis like this, but we feel like our philosophy of of affordable housing, whether it's single family or multifamily, is positioned well to succeed going forward. I mean, you know, we, we were built for this kind of a time, even though the last five years have been great, we've all enjoyed that. That's kind of the rising tide that lifts all ships. Well, now the waters are a little bit rocky. So you get to kind of see uh, what you're made of. You know, we, the, you know, we can smell the tea, but we don't know what flavor it is until you pour hot water on it. Well, here comes the hot water. And now it's a time to see uh, what your portfolio is made of. You know, we were talking DSTs earlier and some of the advantages there. And I just want to really speak to the investor who's, you know, who, who has sold a property recently and is now, you know, and they had planned on, you know, doing some tours, lining up some due diligence. You know, maybe they can have a, you know, a single broker, you know, take an open house on their own and maybe FaceTime them, you know, and show them the commercial property. But a lot of people aren't going to be satisfied with that. Um, They don't feel like that's the level of due diligence that's going to lead to success in the future. And for those kind of people, DSTs could represent, you know, a safe haven for them. This could represent a property that's had many eyes looked at it, that's been heavily scrutinized, that's seen due diligence at several different levels, including your firm, you know, Bendrona Financial. You guys do um, some of the most extensive due diligence I've ever seen on properties before you're willing to actually show them to your clients. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very important. And, and we certainly, uh, people have listened to the show over the years can attest to, we're not just talking about stock market. We're not just spending an hour a week trying to sell you a fixed index annuity. We're not just trying to scare you about the market so that you'll buy gold or, you know, a lot of the other shows on the radio or just uh, all the noise out there. Everybody has an angle. They got usually a one trick pony kind of investment strategy. And I think of anything that gut check is going to remind 
explained to everyone once again why we have to diversify into areas that we maybe when times are good they're not as good and you're going why did I do that well they're reminded of that now as to why they did that I mean I've certainly placed uh, like I said over a hundred million dollars of DSTs and these are not liquid investments because if they were in the short term we could have problems like the publicly traded REITs have but I'm not seeing that with the DSTs Mike, we could do this for hours, I have a feeling, and, and we, i got to have you back on the show soon. So thank you again, Mike, for being on the show. My pleasure. All right, Jeff, I'll turn it over to you. Thank you, Brian, and thank you, Mike Hollister, for being our guest today here on Growing Your Wealth from Next Point Real Estate. And, of course, thanks to all of you who have joined us today. Stay safe and remember, each day is one step closer to the day that this whole thing is going to be over with. For Brian Evans, I'm Jeff Shade. Have a great Saturday. We'll talk to you again next week with another edition of Growing Your Wealth. Hi, this is Brian Evans, president of Madrona Financial Services. As a CPA and wealth manager, I've had lots of clients who owned highly appreciated real estate. And when it was time to sell that property, they all ran into the same problem, a huge tax bill. Up to now, some of their only options were to either follow the strict requirements of a 1031 exchange for another property or pay the hefty tax on the gain. We have access to another option to help our clients. It's called a DST. With a DST, you can still receive the benefits of property ownership like passive income, but you won't be responsible for all the debt or management. And best of all, a DST may meet the qualifications for your 1031 exchange. Now you can potentially defer the tax hit on your highly appreciated property and still get the benefits of investing in real estate. Call us today at 844-MADRONA to learn more about our DST program or visit us online at madronafinancial.com. DST investments are only available to accredited investors and are offered solely through the issuer's offering documents. The DST sponsor determines whether to accept any individual subscription documents. Don't be at the mercy of Wall Street. The erratic stock market volatility could cost you hundreds of thousands and keep you or put you back in the workforce. For those near or in retirement, large market downturns could be devastating to your future. So if you're over the age of 55 and aren't 100% sure that your retirement plan is protected, call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA for Retirement Readiness Review. It takes about an hour to find out if you are too exposed to stock market swings, if fees are eroding your gains, if you're paying too much in taxes, and if you're maximizing on your Social Security benefits. You can have the financial security you deserve. Take charge of your retirement and call the retirement team at Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA. That's 844-MADRONA. Or visit madronafinancial.com. Your retirement readiness review with Madrona Financial could change your life in about an hour. Call today. 844-MADRONA. 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 844